0: So we're do an episode of Talking Ship with John Shipley. Uh, I guess tonight is Anthony Phillips, a oh. uh, comic from uh, St. Uh One who's had a bit of a different experience than some of the comics we've had on here, so I felt it uh, would be apt to get him on. Thanks for having me Well, Anthony, I'm glad to have you. Um, mm-hmm. You and I go way back. You uh, did a podcast with me uh, a while back yeah, oh, yeah. bad movies. Uh, and I know that you say that lately you are aiming to do more towards writing and less towards stand up.
1: So yeah, what,
0: what's going on there?
1: I think a lot of it just deals with stage fright. Like I find that you could write like, like about five minutes. you write four or five minutes, and you rehearse it and you just do everything you do. But for me, when I get on that stage and look out just that, that darkness, and just like I just freeze, and a lot of times when I do that, I often just kind of stumble on myself and whatnot. But I like the writing element a little more. I feel like that's more in my niche.
0: See, I have the exact opposite when I'm mm-hmm. when I'm doing it. I will spend a lot of time uh, writing, and mm-hmm. Uh, rehearsing in my head, like rehearsing, saying the same set over and over again, and like working mm. through. It. But the second I go up on stage, like all that kind of melts away. But, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't really get stage fright with it, but I definitely overthink it when I'm in the writing portion. Like I second guess myself the entire time.
1: yeah. Uh, I mean, the writing portion is easier for me. Like it's 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 more because I can just come up with these jokes and these bits. But I just make myself laugh, but, you know.
0: So it's a good thing. So, how long have you been writing uh, and working on comedy?
1: Oh gosh, I'd say on and off since I was about a teenager. Just kind of writing on my own jokes, and but I never was—I never really took it seriously, you know. Like a lot of comedy, like it was more just amused, like myself or my friends or my family, you know. So it wasn't until I became an adult that I kind of took it more seriously. I guess, you know, just like trying to make it something. Versus, you know, being do you think?
0: Do you think it is just stage fright that's keeping you from wanting to perform more? I mean, obviously, we can't do a lot here with, you know, Corona yeah. Apocalypse happening. <laughs> yeah, but, uh...
1: yeah I've, seen, I've seen certain places trying to do the, the Zoom thing where they have like comics... Go on and perform. It's kind of in- uh, intriguing.
0: It's actually pretty cool. Uh, a lot of us have been doing that. Uh, a lot of SDL comics have been doing uh you know, makeshift um, mic nights. You know, on mm-hmm. Zoom.
1: And, and it's interesting. Like it, it I think. One, it's one way to put it. It's like when I see people do that, it's cool to see like people still persevering with their art and trying to transcend like a bad situation. And it's also just kind of surreal that we're in that it's it's time where you know we have to do this. You know, it's it's a very interesting time to like just just look at it and watch it.
0: So, you said something to me that mm-hmm. made me want to do this interview with you,
1: uh-huh. uh,
0: because uh, you and I have done stand up together before. Yeah. And you mentioned that um, one of the things that gets to you is that you kind of felt that the scene is kind of competitive in nature.
1: Kind yeah, of competitive. Am I old...
0: misreading that?
1: Well, a lot of it's, I wouldn't say competitive. Maybe parts of it's competitive. Uh, but the thing I know is it's more of the the click kind of thing, like the outsider coming into something. A little bit, you know, that you're not familiar with, and I always felt intimidated by that, and and not in a bad way, like not in a like you know like in a malicious way or anything like that. But it's always it's kind of rough when you're just trying to find your own footing in something, and sometimes you try to talk to some people, and some people are re- responsive, and other times people aren't.
0: You know, I I can see that. Um, mm. I've had a little bit of experience of that that uh, with some of these stand-up uh, events
1: where really? you,
0: a lot of these people in the area are, are, I don't know if I'd say veterans to it, but mm-hmm. they, uh, they've they been around for a long time and they all, everyone knows each other. Yeah. Um, but, you know, uh, part of that is just kind of sticking through with it and making connections.
1: Oh, yeah, no. And I mean, I, I do enjoy... Like going to these events and like you know open mic stuff and meeting people, but I mean, I part of it can also just be my own shyness. Like, I mean, I mean, you and I have known each other for years, but oh, yeah. you probably see me with people I don't I don't know. Like, I just get really quiet around them and I don't respond. You know, and part of it's just you know natural shyness. I don't
0: have natural shyness necessarily the same way, but I definitely have an inferiority complex which fit factors into it. Mm-hmm. And for the longest time, I wanted to do this, but held myself from doing it because I just thought that, you know, there's no way that I can measure up to okay. the other people who are doing
1: it. Like all the grades.
0: Yeah. Or even, you know, the people in the area that, you know, get up there and do it. Like, I just... I- would uh, shoot
1: myself I, down before I even give myself a chance. And I feel like sometimes with trying not to want to stop, I feel like I'm doing that in a way. It's just, you know, beating myself up a little bit, not doing the best that I could have done. Which I think is a natural thing. Um so
0: when you prepare for one of these sets uh-huh. And you make your material and whatnot, how much do you practice it like you know go through the
1: set yourself <sighs> i mean a lot of time i do it like mentally and so. well, one thing i have done in the past because i work in my customer service environment is i'll take a joke and i'll just kind of i wouldn't say dump it on people but so oh yeah i try this thing out with people i tell the i basically try to do this like natural conversation but while doing the bit and and i find that that's kind of how i rehearse a little bit but also it's how you get a good gauge of like what works what doesn't work like if you can make some random person just buying their shit laugh with something then you got something a little bit tangible to work with
0: i guess what well, i guess what i'm getting at is like hmm. you have your set uh, that mm-hmm. you've planned on using um, um do you like talk it through yourself
1: uh, a couple times ahead Sometimes, of time. sometimes, sometimes I do that. Other times I just kind of do it in my head and just kind of, you know, do that. I mean, I'll be honest, I'm probably like one of the worst people when it comes to rehearsing my own material. Admittedly. I, I, I mean, think it's, it's, it's something was, you do I with time. It help. What's that?
0: I think that could really help you, honestly. Yeah,
1: it probably can.
0: I mean, you especially know. when it comes to like, getting nervous or anything if you've if you are the kind of person who stumbles on your words or gets uh you know caught up in the moment and like mm-hmm. freezes
1: <laughs> there is that too <laughs> i mean there is i think like sort of a rush you get when you go on stage and when t- when i'm talking earlier about like just wanting to do it i find the best way to do it is just you know jump in you know And there is that thing of, like, you know, you're standing, like, I found this thing happen a few times, where you're just, you're standing, waiting to get on stage, and you kind of look around, and you see all the people, like, oh man, I'm going to be talking to all these people. And then you get on there, and there is that, like, sort of that adrenaline rush, where you just kind of, like, that flight or flights, the flight or fight thing. And it's like, you know, it's like, okay, do I stand here and do this, or do I just run off? And I kind of do battle that a little bit. (laughs) I, have, I
0: I do what? this thing that I call high dive mentality.
1: Uh huh.
0: Ever since I was a little kid, like I would get onto the high dive, like uh, the recplex or whatnot, mm-hmm. and I would fucking freak out, Um, you know, about pushing myself to actually do it yeah. until I realized that I would do this every time. Right. And ever since then, when I get myself a situation where I know I'm going to tense up, I force myself into it so that I don't have a chance to react. Yeah. Whether that be, you know, going on stage or doing something that would make me uncomfortable.
1: Man, that's a good way to look at it. That's actually a very good way to look at it. Um, yeah, it's... But I, mean, I do enjoy stand-up. I mean, I think that's something i do i do love doing it like that like there is there is this sort of dopamine rush when you like tell a joke and you just hear all these people start laughing you know it's just that just tickles you know the right thing in your brain
0: i view it kind of like a muscle man um Mm -hmm. you you don't tell a set once Uh, um you'll tell a set you know two three you know times or whatever you might recycle jokes Oh, but yeah. every time you tell it, you kind of fine-tune it, and you find which, which parts of it went over well, which didn't. Yeah. And I know that when I'm telling a joke, I might uh, come up with a new way of phrasing a joke that I told
1: two months ago, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, That's kind of how hmm. I did the, uh, the time machine joke in my set. Because it was something I, I came up with, I guess, a few years prior. Just this idea...
0: Um, I don't know. If I can get I can get the whole thing of the joke. I don't need to, but but when it's... Can, can I? uh, Okay, can I offer a little constructive criticism?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. I I, I got a chance to see your comedy, and uh-huh. you have some very good premises for your jokes. Right. Like I I love the where's Waldo with your daughter and the oh, yeah. <laughs> the premise of going back in time to watch people eat poisonous things. <laughs> uh, you have some really strong premises and they can be really funny. The thing is, and the reason why I was saying like, do you practice ahead of time?
1: Yeah. Is
0: that you, if you talk it through a couple of times and whatnot and you get the pacing down, you can pace your
1: joke uh, a little easier and you don't get mm-hmm. caught up with it. Right. There, there, so that does happen. Some, uh, I and mean, you've seen it. Where you're just like it, kind of like ahead of a one foot or the other, and certain parts of the bit just don't work because either I rush through it or, you know, that kind of thing happens.
0: And, that dude, honestly, like I said, and this is part of the reason why I really wanted to get you on here because there, you have potential to do better at it. You just, I feel like you're cutting yourself out early. Yeah. And, it's it's a, it's different
1: no. I would say it's it's like the defeatist thing in me sometimes where you just you get speeches i mean everyone does it, you know, it's like you suck at something or you just mess up at something and you're like, god dang, I'm no good and I, that's kind of why I took the, the initial thing I wrote down, which is because I' like, no, I don't feel this way. I'm just kind of feeling bad no.
0: it's it's like I said it's it's like a muscle man um no. if you if you go out and you do stand-up, you know, once every three months, then you're not really getting a chance to get your chops together doing it. You're not going right. to really have a chance to refine your set or refine your comedy style. And you're never going to really get past that uh, stage fright thing. Mm-hmm. But if you're forcing yourself to go do it, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, and you're working on a set and you're, you're treating it kind of like it's a job – where you have to come up with new material constantly, you get past that because it becomes routine for you. Mm -hmm. Like I was fucking terrified the first time I went up there, but now it's kind of like second nature because it's just like, oh, okay, well, this is, it's my turn. Right. You just, you got to force yourself to make it a habit.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's
0: very true. But like I said i I think you have a lot of really funny stuff there, and I know from conversations, you know, just doing the podcast with you or just talking to you, you'll get me laughing. You mm-hmm. just it's it's the confidence. And yeah,
1: if you just put
0: yourself out there more. You could definitely do it.
1: Oh no doubt. I mean, I think once things kind of get settled, I mean, who knows when that's going to be with everything going on. But I definitely want to try again. And maybe, like, maybe what I'm doing, it's just not my style. Maybe that's part of the problem, too. You know, you never know.
0: And that's part of the thing. Like, I mean, you're not, okay, as, as cliche as it sounds, I'm going to whip out a little uh, phrase that my dad would use that yeah. I think is the best piece of advice I've ever got. Uh-huh. The only person that you need to be better than is the person you were yesterday. Uh-huh. So don't go out there and compare yourself to random comic before you or random comic after you. Compare yourself to how you did prior.
1: Yeah,
0: you know. And if you go with that mentality, you'll you will get better and you will get more confident with it.
1: Oh yeah, no, and that's next extremely good advice. Very, I mean, it's very wise. I mean, just because, and they can do that. Like you're, I, I'm I've, I've guilty of doing it. I was like, watch somebody and stage. Like, man, that guy's so fucking good. You know, and you just kind of get jealous, and then you kind of, I don't know.
0: I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to experience this because mm-hmm. you don't go to a lot of these comedy events. Yeah, but a lot of the comics, at least from what I've experienced, um one of the reasons they sound really funny or really good is because that comic has done that set at least six times. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times I've heard comics use the same joke, uh, three times in a week. And it's it's so awkward to be like, kind of like laughing at something you've heard so many times, but that's the thing. They, they've, they've practiced that set and they've honed that joke to the point where they know where, what beats they have to hit. Right. To get that response.
1: Like the and practice makes the perfect.
0: Yeah, it is completely practice makes perfect.
1: Hmm. Go
0: ahead, I mean, you they they can they are so much funny they're they're so funny because they have the chance to go out there and do the same joke several times and get it to the point where it's almost like a science. Right. And you can do that, too. I mean, I'm betting that if you looked at any of these people's first times, it would not be
1: something. Yeah, improm- I know. Um, even though he's kind of a, like, scoring member of the community, uh, comedy community, uh, Louis C.K., I remember when he first did stand-up, like, his first open mic, he get, I think he got booed or something. He just bombed. And he didn't do it for, like, in, like a whole year or two. Then he went back and then he became, you know, that guy.
0: And that's like every comedian, really. That's part of the reason why I really appreciate my fiance because Mm. she has kept me going at it. Like, I've had a couple nights where I have just not done as well as I've wanted to do. Or I get parts of my set that I wanted to do. And I will be fucking hard on myself. And it's it's hard to see the forest from the trees when you're the one critiquing yourself because right. you don't know how people are re- reacting to it. And it's got to find that person that will be honest with you and as unbiased as possible and just tell you like, Oh, Hey, well, you know, this is really good. This one needs a little bit of work. Uh, and just yeah. kind of give you that feedback, but and just somebody to keep you accountable to doing it. Because I know that on so many occasions, I've wanted to just uh, back out the last moment, and having somebody keep you accountable is really beneficial.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, having like just as someone as like a foundation to keep you going is always, I don't want to say crucial, but it's a very welcome thing. It just it gives you security, it gives you a backing, you know, in case you do stumble and fall. It's like, hey, you know, keep going.
0: I think that's kind of touching back on what you mentioned earlier about like how Mm -hmm. things are kind of clicky. I think that's because a lot of those comics have those friends in the community that they go to these things with and see all the time and they're kind of holding each other accountable to it. That's a good way to
1: look at it.
0: So maybe that's just what you need.
1: Yeah. The motivation.
0: And if that means me dragging your ass to a bunch (laughs) of (laughs) things, then... Then I'll fucking do it. All right.
1: Hold you to that.
0: <laughs> hey, you know, I got to keep me accountable too. So
1: there you go.
0: So, uh, what are you working on these days?
1: Oh, uh, the not necessarily here, really? strictly comedy related. Oh, uh, working on. I don't know. Like, I am in. Mean, I am mean, kind of doing little treatments here and there for, or outlines for sort of stories or something or, uh, I don't know. I mean, I mean, honestly, a lot of it has been comedy, but it's mostly been just kind of being in this moment in time with the coronavirus. and think it's just so surreal. And work, I mean, I work in a grocery store, so like seeing all these things happen just kind of gives you like a lot of material to work with. So I've been trying to like hone down like certain elements and write about them.
0: Here's, here's an idea that I heard recently, this uh-huh. week, or uh, from one of my classes that might be a beneficial like medium for your short story. Mm-hmm. I heard of a author that was uh, submitting their uh, short story uh, through the New York Times uh, Twitter. Okay, and they had a, a specific Twitter set aside where every day. Uh, this portion of a short story at certain times was released through that Twitter uh-huh. and made it kind of like a, uh, like a radius uh, serial. Hmm. And it's a really interesting way of like segmenting out your, your short story and kind of getting a captive audience. Because if you get them with that hook, you yeah. keep giving them a little bit each day, they keep coming back to it. And with it being Twitter, it's easily shared. Hmm. I actually
1: never I, heard about I that. Just, I
0: saw that I was like, that sounds really fucking interesting. I mean, that's
1: very creative and very, out like outside the norm. And I do appreciate that. Like, that's wow. Like, I have never heard. I have honestly never heard of that before. But I mean, kudos ever who came up with that because that, I mean, that's just brilliant.
0: I'm just saying. I was just thinking, you know, if if you ever thought about doing something like that, that'd be really cool. Because I mean. Yeah. It's not just one uh, one person's medium. That could be anybody's.
1: Right. Not got gotcha on that.
0: Well, that's cool. I'm glad to hear that you're keeping out of the writing.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: just mean, any I mean, kind I mean, of genre in particular, or are you just... Uh, what's that? Any kind I mean, of particular genre or anything that you're uh, working on?
1: Not really. I mean, I'm also... Well, I had two different things, and one's kind of more... Dark fantasy, and the other one's more cyberpunky sci-fi kind of thing. But I mean, yeah, that I I seems just to be
0: your niche. Way. I know that you're a big fan of Blade Runner, <laughs> etc. Yeah,
1: uh, I'm still probably like just making like forcing watching things. Like, why didn't I watch it before? <laughs> uh No, but it's a really hard. I mean, I do find like writing right now. Kinda of is because I say what's everything going on and just sometimes you just have to put your mind somewhere else. And I mean, and, like
0: this is like a perfect time to force yourself to do something like that. Oh yeah. You're gonna do. Yeah,
1: like I like mean, like, um yeah, no, it's just like I, I there's always been no other time where you, like, you almost you almost have to do something because you can't you can't make an excuse and go out, you know, somewhere. You can't go out to a restaurant, you can't go out to a bar, you can't go out to a movie or anything. It's just you're stuck like with either home and at work. So you have to do something to fill up the time. And writing is just one way to do it.
0: Yeah, and I mean you I know that a lot of times we're really hard on ourselves for mm. you know a lot of people like are really hard on themselves because they're not doing something they deem worthy or, you know, like they don't like, Oh, I spent my time watching movies and playing video games. I didn't actually like do anything. If if you're, you're, you're creating something.
1: Yeah. I'm kind of guilty of that. I, I think half of this time is spent. is just like listening to podcasts and playing video games at night. Just trying to like forget.
0: well, if if it's if it's something
1: that brings you enjoyment, then yeah. I don't think it's a waste of time. No, like I was listening to I guess last yeah, last podcast on the left talking about the JF uh, whole JFK assassination. And just go and just hearing all this and you know and playing games just kind of breaks it down and then you know, I just don't have to think about wearing a mask at work or, or anything like that. <laughs>
0: So, um, for the people that are going to hear this podcast, uh, out there, where can they find more of Anthony Phillips? Uh, Uh, do you have places where you're, uh, you know, releasing any of your stuff or plan to, uh,
1: uh, well, let's see. I, I have my Twitter, but I, I haven't really used it a lot recently. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's still in dark hotline. Uh. My main thing, like, I have Instagram, same thing, Dark Highline, and I also have a photography one, which is Electronic Sleep.
0: I've given you crap about that in the past, but it's, yeah. it's
1: actually really beautiful. Yeah. I, I would want to get into it more, and maybe, like, once I think things kind of slow down, I want to try to, take the, like, take that back up and do it <laughs> again, because I, I miss doing it.
0: Hey, man, just, just run with it, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, that was always buying the idea of it
0: too. That's just, perfect. Yeah. That's really nice about it so far. <laughs> well, tell you what, um, I part of this project that I'm doing here where mm-hmm. I'm interviewing people, I'm kind of creating a hub for St. Louis comics, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna post a lot of videos of stand-ups and these interviews and that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you have, uh, anything that you want to share up there, uh, I'll be happy to stick up there too, as well as, you know, plug your stuff. So right. just, uh, keep me in the, sounds good. Uh, I want to thank you one more time for, uh, for being on here with me.
1: Oh, absolutely. John, you know, I would well, I wouldn't do training for anything. Yeah. Oh, always. <laughs>
0: All right. So uh, let's just go ahead and wrap that up for episode two of Talking Ship with the Shipley and my guest, Anthony Phillips. Wow.
1: Well, thanks for, for listening.
0: listening. <laughs> Bye.